We all know the damage that fires are capable of. What we don't always understand is the cause, behavior, and what to do in the aftermath of a fire. Today, you'll understand these aspects just a little bit more. Welcome to Speaking of Fire with Mike Schlattman and Donna Ingram. We will give you tips on fire prevention, how to deal with insurance matters, and more. Now, here are your hosts, Donna and Mike. Hello and welcome to Speaking of Fire. This is Mike Slapman. I am your host and I have about mm, 45 years, that's 46 years actually, of uh, fire investigation experience. And I'm, an, they, I'm honored to be a past president of the International Association of Arson Investigators. And Donna's not going to be here today. She's, she's busy running around the United States and, and being busy and so she won't be here. But we have a special guest here today. Um, this is my best friend, and he admits to it, so he's one. Um, and, and I've known him for over 40 years. He's a, he's a decorated Vietnam veteran. He's a past uh, um, police officer and detective. We were on a major case squad together in St. Louis County. And um, many years ago, um, we decided to, uh, to also go into fire investigations. So he has, um, I know, he at least 30 years of experience with uh was a company, and his name is Alex Kanan. So, Alex, please say hi to our our audience. Hello to everyone. Hi. So, you do admit to being my friend for over forty years, right? Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah. <Okay. laughs> we went to college together, didn't we? That's how we became friends. We uh, worked our way through college uh, while we were both working as police officers and uh, working shift work. Not every couldn't always attend class, so we buddied our way through college. Is what we did. Yes, I still remember some of those bars um, and that we went to uh, once upon a time, a long time ago. And um, and also we, um, yeah, we also, uh, after I came out here to Kansas City, I think I convinced you to, to jump on to the, uh, to the same ship, didn't I? Yes, you did, yes. And then I jumped off that ship. Yes, within <laughs> a matter of two years you did. Yes, yes and, and then I went off on my own and then you stayed with that same company for over, what, for 30 years? 35 years. 35 years. 35 so years. You were the longest, longest I, I, at, at that time, I was the most senior employee. Most senior. Does I, that mean oldest? I don't have 45 years of fire experience, but then I'm not as old as you are either. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think you're a year younger than I am, aren't you? Yes. Or two or three. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So today we're going to talk to, uh, to our audience. And by the way, ni hao to all our Chinese listeners. We have a large, um, we have a large contingent of people that listen to us in China, and I don't speak uh, Chinese. I just proved that, and I don't speak it either. But we're we're happy you're here. Um, okay, so now today we're going to talk about fires, and and one of the things that I want to say about fires, we're private investigators, so we had we had worked first in the police work, and and um, and then we went into pri- private fire investigation. Also, we. Um, yeah, we also, uh, after I came out here to Kansas City, I think I convinced you to, to jump on to the, uh, to the same ship, didn't I? Yes, you did, yes. And then I jumped off that ship. Yes, within uh, <laughs> a matter of two years, you did. Yes, yes and, and then I went off on my own, and then you stayed with that same company for over, thir- uh, what, for 30 35 years? 35 years. 35 so years. You, you were the longest 
I, at, at that time, I was the most senior employee. Most senior. Does I, that mean old? I don't have 45 years of fire experience, but then I'm not as old as you are either. Uh, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I think you're a year younger than I am, aren't you? Yes. Or two or three. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so today we're going to talk uh, to our audience. And by the way, ni hao to all our Chinese listeners. We have a large, um, we have a large contingent of people that listen to us in China, and I don't speak uh, Chinese. I just proved that. And I don't speak it either. But we're, we're happy you're here. Um, okay, so now, today we're going to talk about fires. And, and one of the things that I want to say about fires, we're private investigators. So we had, we had worked first in the police work, and, and, um, and then we went into pri- private fire investigations. And we want to say something to people that have fires. And I want to say this, and, and then I think, I don't know what Alex wants to say to you, but I say, tell the truth. <laughs> Always. <laughs> Always. Now, here's what I mean about that. Okay, so here's this guy, and he's, this. by the way, the name of this show is Fire Stories. I think that's the name of the show, so I'm going to tell you his fire story. Um, this guy is decides one day that he's going to take uh, paint off of the guttering of his house, and he uses a propane torch to do this. With a ladder, he gets up and starts doing that. And he has a shake shingle roof, which, of course, made out of wood. And if you take a propane torch and wood and you put them together, you might accidentally have what? A fire. A fire, yes. And, of course, now it's on fire. And and now, uh uh-oh, he's got to call the fire department because this is going to spread very quickly throughout the roof. So he immediately comes down off the ladder. He knows he accidentally did this. He throws the ladder inside the house with uh, the garage along with the propane torch, and he reports it to the fire department. When they come and they, they're putting it out, he tells them that it must be what? Do you know? No, I don't know. Electrical. It must something something must have went wrong electrically and caused this fire. Why did he do that? He did that because he didn't want to take the responsibility of, of, of accidentally starting the fire for, I imagine, a few reasons. One of them would be he didn't want to tell his wife he did it. No. Nope. He didn't want to do that. No. Nope. Uh, he didn't want to. Probably got blamed for it anyway. Hey, well, yeah, but, yeah, but he would have anyway. Yeah, but, but he did it this time. Okay. And then the neighbors, you know, that's kind of embarrassing to the neighbors, right? And then, um, And also, there's a fear out there. That if you accidentally cause a fire, that uh, automatically the insurance company is not going to pay you. That is not correct. Not true. Not true. And so what happens is, uh, you know, the fire investigators come like us and we'll take a a person's statement and they'll say, yeah, I don't know. It must be electrical. Of course, there's no electrical wiring anywhere near where this started. Um, And then there's always somebody who saw them outside with the torch. And that's exactly what happened in this case. So the, the guy down the, down the, across the street on the, on the two houses down saw him. Well, he was up there with this torch doing it. So what do you have to do? You have to go, if, as a private investigator, we have to go back to him and say, hey, guy, <laughs> uh, look, you want to try and tell me the truth tell about this? Tell me how this. that happened again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how that happened again. Come on. You know, and then it's okay. I mean, the, the, the bottom line is... Please tell the truth, because what happens sometimes is people will do something accidentally, cause a fire, the, the fire department, police department comes, they look at the fire, and because they're not telling what happened, they might become suspicious. Yeah, a suspect in something. Yeah. 
we've had that before where like one of the children in the house will will set a fire but dad just left to go to the market right so they think that oh well dad just left and here's the fire maybe he did it so they start looking at dad instead of the kids you see yeah and and parents have a tendency to want to lie for their kids, you know. So. Yeah, but then a lot of people though who do something uh, careless uh, become embarrassed by it, and that's why they don't want to admit to it. That's right. Oh, let's talk about that. You, I think you've worked this one. Let's talk about cigarettes. Okay. Cigarettes. Now, now I was an avid smoker. I've smoked three packs a day until I earned myself a, a heart attack. You know. You remember that? You I were, remember that, yes. You, you were there, remember? And so, well, you weren't actually there. We were at the emergency room. But um, anyway, so I know that I smoked everywhere. I smoked in the house, in the bathroom, in my car, upstairs, downstairs, in my lady's chamber. I smoked, chamber. but I never smoke in the house. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what they say all the time. I smoke, but I never smoke in a house. Come on, folks. We, we're, we weren't born yesterday. Um, you smoke in the house, man. All right. And then you find cigarette buds. In the house. In the house. How'd they get there? Somebody must have planted them there, you know. Uh, the fire department threw them back in. No, they must have <laughs> happened. All right. I never smoke, I never smoke um, outside on my wood deck. No. No, no. Uh, although, when you do the fire scene examination, you find all these cigarette butts underneath where that wood deck used to be. Yes. <laughs> yes. Once that deck is gone, there's a lot of uh, stuff on the ground below. Yes. 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 And then I don't think that's the neighbor coming over and throwing your cigarette butts in there. No. no. But again, I think it's mostly due to people being embarrassed for mm-hmm. uh, doing something careless. Right. And do they, and they put, um, don't do this, people. Um, don't put your cigarettes out into plastic containers um, and like either whether or not they had an old dead plant in them or not. Don't uh, the dead them. plant is just more fuel. <laughs> That's right. And then they always put them into those plastic buckets that have like three quarters full of cigarette butts. Yeah. They burn. Yeah. Now a bucket full of water, that would be different. <laughs> yeah, but people don't. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, that, so we're not encouraging you to do something careless, but if you do, just own up to it because... There's nothing in your insurance policy that says you can't do something silly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's very nice and you clean that up. I'm trying to help there. Yes, I know. <laughs> well, talk to me about something. Oh, hey, talk to me. I know you've worked a couple of five. Let's see. I, I think the last time I ta- tallied things up, I was way over 5,000 fires in my career. And I think you have a few of those, too. I, I was pretty close to that, yes. Yeah, okay. So, so top, never work a cooking fire uh work several yes yes and, uh, and there's something where people don't like to own up to it either you know so. that's right so okay so what's your experience with them well uh my experience with cooking fires is that somebody will put something on the stove and become distracted and uh next thing you know there's a fire on the stove in the pan and a lot, sometimes they panic and they'll try to grab the pan off of the stove and in the process spill it all over the floor, which then just spreads the fire even more. Or, or worse than that, they throw water on it. And spread it around. Right? Yeah. Instead of just trying to cover it up, turn off the heat and put a lid on it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Put a lid on it. 
um, if you can. And don't ever pick it up. Don't pick it up and try and walk with it or try to throw it out. One of them was a terrible one where this mother uh, uh, had a cooking un, unattended cooking fire. The, the fire's burning in the and she thinks she's being bride. She grabs a hot pad. She grabs the skillet. She goes over to throw the the flaming grease out the door and she threw it onto her daughter who was coming in. The well, door. That would be a real tragedy. That is a tragedy. Yeah. This is terrible. But if you can just put the lid on the pot and try to eliminate the heat, either by turning it off or scooting it off the, the, the burner, the heating element, you've eliminated two sides of the triangle. Amen. Hallelujah. And then, and then, <coughs> excuse me, other things can happen. Accidental things that can cause fires. I'm thinking of like spills. You ever work any spills? Uh, well, again, the, where someone takes it off the stove and spills it all over the floor. Yeah, but I'm thinking more like automotive. Yeah, gasoline or something. Gasoline, yeah. yeah. Um, people, I've had you know, people trying to fill the lawnmower up when it's hot. And uh, they'll, uh, are, well, it's not really a spill, but putting like gasoline or charcoal fluid on a barbecue fire that's already ignited. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. So here we go. Um, oh, the other thing too is like automotive, like like shop fires and sure. stuff like that. People like to do sometimes their own mechanics, right? They want to they want to do something, and they don't understand exactly how the modern systems work, and so they think they want to change their. Well, I, I worked one where a guy was trying to change his um, his fuel filter. Now the fuel filter is. Um, it's under 32, pound, 32 pounds PSI in the, fu- in the fuel line. So that's per square inch. So what he thinks is he's going to take, take the fuel filter, disconnect it, hold his thumb over that, <laughs> that fuel line, mm-hmm. which is under 32 pounds per square inch, and, and he's going to change the filter. That doesn't work too well because what happened was, of course, the, the gasoline starts pouring down his arm, while well, he's trying to hold his thumb against this thing, it goes pouring down his arm. And of course, what is he using to, to, to illuminate the underside of his vehicle? But a drop light. Uh, yes, yeah, so you, you know what that is. It's got a, it's got a light inside of aluminum shroud. And, and guess where the gasoline drips onto? His light. How did you know that? Uh, I think I've heard that. I think I've heard. I think I've ex- not experienced it, but I think I've yes. been at one of those. Before. I've been at one yeah, of those yeah, before. Yeah. And then, of course, now he's on fire because it's run down his arm. He lets go. He has to let go of the, the per square inch, right? He's got to let go of the, uh, the fuel line. So now we're pumping a bunch of gasoline onto a fire, and he's rolling around on fire. Um, needless to say, this is this will cause property damage. It would, yes. And it would cause injury. Just as if you were smoking while working with a product like that. That sometimes happens also, doesn't it? Yes. Well, okay, so folks, so you've you've got this cigarette in your mouth, okay? So it's 900 degrees. While it's you're not you're not you're not drawing on it. It's 900 degrees in a in inside of an ash. Okay, so so it's 900 degrees. But then when you draw on it, it's 1500 degrees, right? Right. So that's well in excess of enough of of temperature to ignite um, a vapor uh, such as gasoline, right? Right. And that's we've worked that. 
Uh, similar things, yes. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing is parts get, cleaners, um, that type of stuff. Parts cleaner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell 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 all. Oh no, it was a shop that uh, a mechanical shop, and they had a a vat. I mean, a regulation vat for cleaning parts with uh, solvents. And uh, man was smoking while he was doing. It. He'd been there for thirty years, you know, and been smoking for thirty years, and it just uh, one time it. Caught up with them. That's all. So the vapor was ignited by a cigarette. Yes. And and it ignited the gasoline. It did. Yes. And burned the well, shop. Well, the solvent for the parts cleaner. Mm. Yeah. Burned the shop down, did it? Uh, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what's tragic is is people don't understand about about um, fumes and and okay, so there's this fire and and it's um it's snowed. It's really cold. And uh, this lady is uh, filling up her gas tank at a at a convenience store, and she's getting she what she did is she got in. We have witnesses to this. She she got into and out of her vehicle um, during this cold cold winter, and and then when she she touched the um, when she touched the the nozzle for the gasoline. Uh, there was an instantaneous fire. She was enveloped in a, in a, in these gasoline fumes and and ended up um, being totally on fire, rolling around in the snow, and then eventually dying of her burns. So we that's static electricity, folks. That, that's what it's caused. I always when I'm working at when I'm at a gas station, I see people getting in and out of their their cars. I tell them, please touch the car first before you start going back toward your the gasoline um, area, the fill-up area, because um, I don't want them to be bursting into the flames. Yeah. Similar to that is someone who's welding around uh, an open uh, container of uh, an ignitable liquid. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, we had a... Tragically, we had another tragically. Not tragically, I guess. It was just kind of strangely humorous for us in the fire industry and that is we had a, a fire fire department a, a fire guy and at a at a fire station in the bay and uh and he was um he's got to clean some parts on this on this the workbench you know there and um and he kind of like had this electrical space heater right next to where the gasoline mm-hmm. container was Strangely enough, it's it's bad when you it's bad when an alarm comes out where you have to respond to another station. <laughs> that one got out of hand. Yeah, no. Mine, the one I was thinking of, was in a manufacturing facility, and there was an open pit used for dipping for painting, and a man was welding close by, and the sparks ignited the vapors coming out of the pit. So no, no injuries, I hope. Uh, no, there were no injuries, but there was an extensive loss. Uh, property-wise, oh, sure, and um, and then there's a lot of stuff that happens that uh, accidental things that that happen that can cause really terrible things, um, fatalities, burns, uh, uh, loss of commercial establishments or, or homes, um, and I'm thinking right now like uh, propane and natural gas explosions. You know, um, people don't understand that. Let's say let's. I know that we worked one together. I was working for one company. You worked for another, and uh, and it was uh, it was a propane explosion, 
Uh, do you want to talk about that? Well, I, that's one I'm thinking. It was out in a rural area. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think there had been a propane delivery within 24 hours or so of the explosion. Uh, there was a problem with the furnace. There was a man working on the furnace. There were two residents at home at the time when the explosion occurred. That's right. And then what happened, of course, was um, uh, there was a, it, it turned out, and we had to dig up the entire, remember we had to dig up the line? Yes. And uh, eventually found a hole in the line, as I recall, didn't we? Yes, we did. And we found one at the elbow, too, going into the house. Yeah, too. but it was a hole in the line uh, near the house, but it was buried but it was coming up through the soil and through the uh, foundation wall. That's right, because what people don't know is uh, is natural gas and, and propane are both fuel gases, and they have to have something added to them um, so that they will smell. And that's mercaptans, mercaptans ethyl and butyl mercaptans are what have been used. And um, when it's buried on this buried line in soil, the molecules of the mercaptan are bigger than the molecules of the gas. So if you have a hole in the line, it will follow it exactly into your house and you will no longer have any odor. So now you're having a fuel gas in your, oh, in your house. If it's propane, it's heavier than air, so it'll be down around the floor. And if it's natural gas, it, it's lighter than air. Uh, diaper density 0.55 or 0.76, depending on the literature, and, and now it's building down from the ceiling. And so, um, and then you have some ignition source. Um, what was it? The, the, the woman in that case had turned something on. A light it? switch, I think. Light switch, it? yeah. Something. And so they had that little minor arc, boom. And if you have a gas and uh, atmosphere, enriched atmosphere, that little arc um, will ignite it immediately, and it blew the house up. It did it uh, extensively. Extensively, uh, I remember. I mean, there were debris. The debris was out eighty-five hundred feet. As I exactly, recall. and it killed. It killed someone. It killed. One I think there was one death instantly, and the other one was. Well, we had two injuries. So, yeah, 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 and um, yeah, and these are shattering large explosions of people and uh, and they can uh, I don't know how many I've worked it's uh, um, where they will never actually know what uh, the ignition source was I remember working one in, uh, in in northern Kansas one time where there's an explosion in the middle of the night this guy lived by himself um, it, was, uh, it was a massive explosion blew his, his entire house off the foundation the whole thing right and um, and it was it turned out again we had a, we had a leak it was a gas leak, and but we'll never know what he did. He turned on a light. He lit a cigarette. He, yeah, we were lucky on the case we were talking about because one of the surviving uh, persons uh, was able to relay to us that the explosion occurred when the woman turned the light switch on. Yeah, and I'm I'm real I'm I'm real anti. Uh, propane. I mean, people that live out in the rural areas don't have any choice, right? Right. But I am real anti-propane. I won't even have any. I won't even have a propane grill around me. I'm. I'm that. I'm that anti. Because you see, even with these wonderful uh, uh, containers that they have now, these these propane tanks and quick disconnect uh, hosing, and that you can collect, you, you can do it. I still see people in using them improperly. 
not connecting them properly. And then I'm remembering a seven-year-old child that was killed uh, when uh, when the hose uh, when the hose let go, and that was a defective hose. Right. Not 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 mom and yeah, dad. Most fault. times, uh, if you have like a, a grill, a propane grill, it's the problem generally is at a connection. I mean, it's either not put on tight or it's broken. One of the two. Yeah, so we so by telling you these stories, we're trying to keep you safe. Um, halogen lamps. Do you remember when they first came out, Alex? I do. And those bulbs are like, what are they, 500 to 1,500 degrees or something like that? I can't remember what it was. I don't remember what they were, but they were uh, they were warm and they were usually in unprotected. That's right, before they put the screens on them. And they had all these, these uh, standing lamps. Right. And... <laughs> I don't know if you worked them too. The, the, all they and they would seem to invariably people would put them next to a curtain or something. Yeah, or some place where somebody could knock the lamp over. Yes, <laughs> I remember working one where a curtain had blown into it, and uh, and that was the that was the testimony. What happened was there was a halogen lamp and it was on, and they had a window and the window was next to it and this curtain would blow back and forth well it just blew just exactly right and this is before they put the screens on top of them and it went in and, and lit this curtain on fire and the person saw the one curtain next to this lamp on fire uh, when when they ran into the room uh, and by the way I don't know if you know this but uh, but fire spread quickly they like double in size like every minute they do and so you need to get out when there's a fire you need to get out you don't need to go try and fight them. Um, I know people have fire extinguishers. Now, if it's a little small thing that you can put it out, it's a little trash can thing, it's okay to use a fire extinguisher on that. But uh, if you got a big fire, get out. I don't want you to, to get killed because once you start ingesting that smoke, you've got, well, there's some estimates about um not only the carcinogens that you're taking in, but like you start becoming disoriented after like, you know, 30 seconds to two minutes at the max. So you need to get out. Yes. And what do you think? Uh, well, you, yes, you need to get out. Uh, no sense trying to be the hero unnecessarily. Uh, so. and, and teach your children. Yes. Get out. Have an escape plan, folks. Escape plan and uh, the whole thing where you have a place where you meet so you can account for everyone. Right. And let the fire department take care of putting out the fire. I think that's a great idea. And, uh, yeah, let them do it because they get paid to do it. Not only that, but they have the equipment. And, um, and, and the knowledge. And the knowledge. Know well, it's like, well, the, it's like uh, people's automatic reaction is to, to get water and throw it on something. Well, you never throw water on a grease fire. No. And you don't throw water on an electrical fire. No. Not unless, not if you want to survive. And, and um, elect, there's, they have special, they have special uh, like K-type for, for um, grease. And they have special electrical um, extinguishers too, don't they, Alex? Yes. All right. So uh, when we got, we're going to come back. And when we come back, we're going to tell some stories. We're going to talk about boats. We're going on fire. We're going to talk um, all kinds of different wonderful stuff about uh, some people that set fires on purpose. Uh, and there are people that do it accidentally. Yes, and well, yes, and people that set it on purpose. 
We'll talk about a couple of those because sometimes bad things happen to bad people. They do. And sometimes bad things happen to good people. Yes. And I've never figured out. I've got... I've even got the Jewish book of why, and I don't understand why, because it doesn't answer all the questions. And, and I bought that. Even though I'm not Jewish, I bought it. I wanted to find well, out. Maybe you can't read it. That's yeah, well, no, I can read it. <laughs> anyway, but, hey, so when we come back, we're going to talk about um, these things. And we're also, I don't know if you have any funny stories, Alex. Uh, not too much funny stuff in the fire business, but... Uh... Not having to do with the fire, let's yes. put it that way. Well, we can talk about what some of our friends that have done funny things at fire scenes, like uh, you. Me? Yes, I'm a, we'll come back on that in a minute. Okay, so when you come back, come back to speaking of fire. All right. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Fire Consulting International provides consulting and expert fire origin and cause investigations. Our experienced certified fire investigators have specialized skills to meet litigation requirements. We also provide peer review of reports for other investigative firms to assure they meet NFPA guidelines and ASTM standards. Educational classes and CEU classes are also provided. For professional investigations, contact Fire Consulting International at fcifire.com or call 913-262-5200. FireAnalysis.net offers cutting-edge, comprehensive programs unique to the insurance industry. Our vendor vetting assures regulatory compliance with the Sarbanes-Oxley Act, NFPA guidelines, and ASTM standards. We ensure that investigators' reports are in compliance with those standards. We also offer comprehensive programs to assure compliance with your company guidelines. Please contact FireAnalysis.net. That's FireAnalysis.net. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Speaking of Fire with Mike Schlattman and Donna Ingram. To call in to today's show... Please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to connect at speakingoffire.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hello and welcome back to Speaking of Fire. I have a great guest here, Alex Kanan. Um Admittedly, my best friend, and he admitted it, so there, haha, I got him on tape and everything. Um, now, when we were off the, for the break, our, our great engineer, we have a great engineer uh, with uh, Voice America, his name's Aaron, and and um, I don't think he'll turn me off for saying that. But anyway, but here's what, here, what it is. He brought up something that I want to talk about with my friend Alex and get his, his um, take on this. Spontaneous human combustion, sir. Uh, I don't think I ever worked a fire where no. I could 
definitely say it was spontaneous human combustion. As a matter of fact, well, I have a strong anti-feeling about that. I, I don't believe there's any such thing. And I don't think that I don't think that the devil just uh, comes and burns you, or I don't think the Lord throws a lightning bolt and just burns you to death either. No, but there are experts out there that say they can happen. Yeah, they, and those experts, uh, I think they drink anyway. <laughs> because if you, I've done this, I've I've looked at all these spontaneous human combustion cases. I mean, they find now it's anybody that doesn't know what that is is it's a they'll find. Um, a burned out, say, a chair, and uh, and they'll find at the bottom of this chair where where this person always sat, sat they'll just find their, their feet or their legs or their something in shoes and or something, and the whole body is burned up, and um, and the and of course the chair is destroyed, uh, things of that nature, and they think there's no, they don't have any indication of what exactly was the ignition source and they think that it might be that the person just burst into flames just out of and generally these people uh, they have a, a history and i say generally a history of of imbibing a bit okay uh, the, yes a high alcohol <laughs> content and uh and there and a lot of them are smokers I mean, in fact almost every one of them have been smokers and so um so I've got more of an idea that they're waffled, they're sitting in a chair smoking, and then that's what happens and it burns them up. Well, that's what I think. And, yeah, they, people, it, it happens. And uh, if you're asleep and it ignites your clothes and uh, you're on fire, and if it's smoldering, you can actually die of the smoke before you can... Uh, yeah, fire. In fact, people die of smoke, don't they? They don't smoke. Hard, yeah. Very few people are ever killed by fire directly. Correct. Yeah. Unless it's a big explosion, flash fire, thermal thing. But but um, think about it like this. Uh, you ever driving down the street and look over at another car and the guy's picking his nose and then you go and you stop at a stop sign, you look over and a guy bursts into flames? I've never seen that happen. No. How about, have you been in, like, I've, I've spent a lot of time in New York City now doing a lot of fire investigations there, and there are literally thousands of people in the street, right? They're there walking are. down the street. And you I, haven't seen one of them burst into fire yet, have you? I haven't. I haven't seen one person blow. I've been in a couple of bars, okay? Maybe you should be there on New Year's Eve in Times Square. Do you know, I think that would make the paper <laughs> if somebody stood there and there was, I was standing next to this guy and it's going to be the guy, they interview the guy with no teeth, right? All the time, like they do here in the Midwest or the gal. Well, yeah, I saw him I was standing right there and poof, he blew him, boom, poof, gone. <laughs> so that, that doesn't happen. Alex, if, if, if spontaneous combustion was real, why don't we see? Why don't we see it? Why is it always one guy that's imbibes a bit in a smoker in his chair? Why is that? I don't know. It could be the alcohol. <sighs> could be his pharmaceutical uh, regimen. It could be. Yes, he, he, <laughs> yeah, he, he takes alcohol pills. That's right. Okay, so, well, that, well anyway, that's, that takes care of, is, I hope that answers our, our So, the, the Aaron is satisfied that we're... I hope so. <laughs> I hope that, is that, <laughs> he, he said it did. Okay, that's good. All right, well, all right, so let's talk about, oh, here's one. I said that we'd 
we'd come back and talk about boats and we'd talk about some, maybe some funny things. Well, do you work any boat fires? Uh, I worked one, worked, I know I can remember one where uh, you were there. We had to uh, bring this boat up out of the water. <laughs> yes, not my favorite thing to be around water. No. I mean, since I wear a ski belt to take a shower. Yeah, uh, and I can attest to that. Michael does not like water. <laughs> no, <he's> like, <laughs> yeah. Paul Carney says I got hydrophobia. What do you mean? No. <laughs> Trust me when I say he doesn't like water. No, no, he doesn't. Because you see, I, I worked one where, well, that was not the same. 60 feet. It was 60 feet off the dock. I remember. remember. Yes. 60 feet. If you fell off of that dock, you were going down 60 feet. I tried to drown twice when I was a kid. I figured a third time is a charm. I could do it. I, I was unsuccessful the first couple times. That's why I'm still here. But anyway. But we brought the boat up, and uh, we did what we could with it. There wasn't much left of it. No, it, what I like, that's funny. It burns it down to the to the water line. to the water line, <laughs> and then it sinks. And then you have to pick, you have to bring it up, and then and that's divers and stuff. Yeah, and I don't do that. No, I no, I don't even. No. Yeah. Yes, uh, Mike. Mike stayed safely on shore as we brought the boat up, brought the boat up from underneath the water and and brought it to shore. Or Mike was there to receive it. Yes, exactly right. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't. Mike get, wouldn't even go out on the dock. Mike, don't do that when it's sixty feet on the side. Mm -mm. I did. I do have a tendency, though, because when I bring people with me to fire scenes, you know, for safety and all that stuff, I do have a tendency to send them out on the dock. Yeah, and it's, it's okay shoot. for them, but just not for you. Well, yeah. they don't have the same. They don't have the, same, the same fears, right? Phobias yeah. that I have. There, yes, yes. Uh, well, it's not really true. I don't really wear the ski belt while I'm taking a shower, but I don't get into hot tubs because you know you could flip over and you know your feet could be sticking straight up. It could happen to you. <laughs> Speaking of that, let's talk about our friends that have a tendency. Every once in a while, fire investigators can have, can get hurt. Uh, they can. At fire scenes. Yeah, and you're picking on me. <laughs> no, no, but well, you were the most decorated uh, fire investigator, most most injured of most, anyone. Most bandaged. Uh. Most bandaged, uh, you know. We, we were so sorry when you retired. Do you know why? Uh, someone had to carry the flag then, uh, yeah. pick up the standard. Exactly. So what happened was our our. I'm still working fires, and so my odds of being hurt have increased tremendously. Yes, because it was always you. It was, wasn't it? Yes, it I was. always took it for the team. You took it for the team. I mean, I mean, you want to you want to throw out a couple of litany no, things? I'm just can tell you that uh, there's a chapter in the NFP 921 has my name on it. <laughs> And, uh, the, the safety chapter. The safety chapter, and uh, it is a dangerous business, and it, 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 it can be a dangerous business, and uh, it happens quickly. It does, doesn't it? I mean, well, here's a, the only guys that I, I mean, even with steel shanks in, in their shoes, they can step on nails, and, and it can go through their feet. I, I mean, people fall off of, you know, of like metal sheeting for roofs. They slip and fall down. The, uh, go People ever actually fall through ceilings. That I've heard of, yes. 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 <laughs> and fall onto couches and hurt their backs. And yeah, all, all that stuff. Yeah. All that stuff. And yeah, just can jump I, down off of something and land right on a nail and put yeah. it right through their foot. Catch, catch wiring with their eye. 
that's happened, yes. <laughs> all kinds of terrible things. I walked into... But that was someone else playing with the wire. I mean, I was... Yeah, I know. You were just on the wrong end of it. Yeah, I was on the wrong end of it. That's yes, right. that's true. Yeah. Well, I walked into some condo one time, and it caused some terrible oh. scratching on my face once upon a time. I don't think anybody could tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always been like that. All right, so let's talk about let's talk about something else. Let's talk about electrical fires. Uh, I've heard they happen. Yes, they, and you you've worked a couple of them, haven't you? That, I mean, real electrical fires. Yes. Yeah. And because in this country, about forty five percent of the the fire causes are chalked up to electrical malfunctions when it's not really true. Right. And That's, most of the malfunctions probably are at connections. There are connections, one end to the other, whether you're at the appliance end or the plug end, right? Right. Not usually in the middle, unless somebody is like doing the boogaloo on the on the, on the middle of it with a bar stool. They're leaning on it every day or putting it under carpeting. Yeah, about 15% of the fires they say are really electrical, and the and the other is a catch-all for for um, you know. Well, you know, it depends on what your purpose. I mean, I can see it where the fire department who doesn't have an electrical engineer available to them. Uh, they might think it's an unidentified electrical event. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, uh, we had the, always had the advantage or the luxury of being able to call, in most cases, call an electrical engineer to evaluate it further and uh, that's true, but then some of them really happen, though. I mean, no, there'll be line surges uh, that come into to a home, or uh, or a lightning strike that comes in through absolutely uh, the water pipes or something. Or even pipes. even uh, I worked one one time in in a commercial establishment where they put in a brand new transformer, and they put it right outside this commercial establishment. And then they activated it. And when they activated it, it was wired improperly inside the brand new, came from right. another country. It was back backwards. And it and it, sh- it shot this, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of bolts into this place or amps, amps into this place, blew out all the incoming wiring and every 220 outlet in the place was blown out and there was a fire because you always say accidental fires only start in one place not always true not always true when particularly if you got a gigantic line surge like this and you had fires in all the 220 you know the key was always separate but unconnected that's it separate and they are connected by that but uh, electrical fires didn't happen that often folks no not true. Well, they do happen, and I don't say they don't happen that often, but there's not as often as people think, I guess. Yeah, well, fifteen percent maybe. But oh, but what? Uh, you can have, you can have appliances that are some somehow defective. Right. That's where recalls come from. That's correct. Yes. Yes. In fact, one of the things we do, and that Alex is, we we identify these these uh, dangerous appliances. Yeah. And we keep track of recalls uh, all the time. There's a website for that cpsc.gov right and uh, and and us also what the national highway transportation and safety administration has a website there for recalls on vehicles and trucks and trailers true and then so we'll know if there's some kind of <clears throat> kind of defect that is causing a few years ago um, one of the major uh, pickup truck manufacturers was having uh, fires all over the country, and it was um, and it was caused by a, a defect in their 
in the in the uh, engine compartment area. And they were burning inside homes, burning everywhere. Do you remember that? How about the cruise control switch? Yeah. The, no, okay. It was more than just pickups. I mean, yes, it was, yeah. Speed control deactivation yeah. devices. Yeah, yeah. But but primarily, I was working all the all the fires in the in the trucks. But anyway, um, <clears throat> yeah, that can happen too. And then what happens is uh, then we we identify these things. We don't do it, but I mean, the um, uh, like CPSC will have put out a recall or National Highway Safety yeah. Administration that will put out a recall. Now, that doesn't mean you don't have to still retain the electrical engineer or whatever, or mechanical, whatever type of engineer you need. Sure. To verify it. Yeah, we had... Um, yeah, we've had uh, more than our share of. Uh, also, remember years ago in the '70s, there was a coffee maker that kept. Yeah, uh, that, and that was a. Uh, the thermal a, couple. Yeah, it was yeah. a thermal. It was a lack of a fusible link. They put a right. fusible link in it, and it, it stopped it, and it was wonderful. But, but that's how we identify these things. But I wanted to talk about some things that are not very humorous, uh, but, uh, but real, um, and that is. Uh, there are people in this country that uh, they have a, a, a it's a real sickness i think it's um they 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 take trash bags of trash and they keep it in their house and they have periodicals they have papers stacks of paper and they have all kinds of furniture in every room you can't even walk around there's little pathways through it um and and things of that nature <clears throat> and when there's a fire there it's a with that kind of fuel load, it's really, really dangerous. Well, it's dangerous not only for the occupant, it's also dangerous for the firefighters. It's dangerous for the occupant because of the fuel load, and it also blocks a lot of escape path. Yes, and, and, and these people have been described as hoarders. They've been described as, as having some kind of a, uh, of a, of a, a sickness. Um, if you have a family member that is is suffering from this please get him some help um because well we had a firefighter get killed uh in this area if you remember yeah where um they couldn't get to him because of the amount of um debris that was in this house and it wasn't called debris but i mean it was it was these stacked items and stuff like that and and there was a fire and he fell through the floor and they couldn't get to him and he ran out of oxygen and killed him um, and also, I mean, if you have a fire on the first floor and the, and the second floor is full of uh, items, mm -hmm. I mean, the, the weight, I mean, it just gives way and collapses on everything. Yeah, it's terrible. And uh, so anyway, do help try and help uh, help your people out. Uh, what I do like, though, nowadays is um, surveillance cameras. Yes. Uh, yeah, we worked I, a few of those. Yeah, I had one. It was at a uh, in a kitchen at a, an establishment, and the gentleman was bringing in supplies and kept throwing them on top of the uh, the cooking range, mm. and hit the knob. And pretty soon there was a fire, but it was all captured on video. I mean, and you watch this, and for 20 minutes you watched it. The guy just kept coming in and stacking the stuff and throwing it on there. And then pretty soon there was fire coming from there and so it ate up the camera, you know. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it wasn't uh, – he didn't He didn't do it on purpose, did he? No, he wasn't doing it on purpose, but it was still captured, you know, on the video of what happened. And I'm glad you brought that up because do not put anything that will burn on top of a range, please. 
people. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I've worked I've worked more than a few of them, and surprisingly, people will be moving into a house. Yes. They either bought the house or they, they're renting the house, right? They come in, they've got all these boxes, so they think, okay, it's great, and they put it on top of a range. Now, <laughs> somewhere along the line, the range gets turned on, and then next thing you know, there's a fire. I've worked two of them where they didn't have any utilities, right? So they're burn, bringing things in, and they're, and they're putting them all over the place. They're bringing their stuff in. So they put them on top of the range, and then along comes the, the electric company. And they turn the power they on. They turn the power on, and they didn't realize that the range was on, and, and now they had a fire. That's right, yeah. It's amazing. It, have you worked those? I, I've had, yeah, I've been seeing those happen. Yes, and so, and this is not intentional, it's just purely accidental, but if you put something on top of your range, there's a real possibility it might. You know, even people cleaning up the kitchen or coming home from the grocery store, they tendency to put things on top of the stove, uh, you know, while they're putting it away in a cabinet or whatever, and they leave the bag on the stove, and the stove gets turned on somehow. There you go, and there you are, and so... Um, yeah, I was thinking about that. And then not to mention, um, well, then there's people that do things on purpose. There is. And, but what's good about surveillance cameras and what I like about those is they forget they're there. And it's amazing that people forget about their own surveillance, their own camera system. I've had two of them in, in convenience stores. Um, Sometimes known as stop and robs, where you, where you, that's what the police work. Uh, we call them stop and robs in the middle of the night, you know. But anyway, so it's a, an all night thing, or it won't be an all night thing because they close. And so what happens is the owner will go in. I had one where the owner went in. It was an ice cream shop actually. And he went in. He went behind the counter. You see him reach down. He gets up, walks out, locks the door, and then there's a fire right where he was, behind that counter. He forgot that the surveillance was there. Um, another one, this one, he's, it's a it's a bathroom. Where do people start fires? Where someplace where you We're can't concealed. see? Yeah, right. Guys, a back room. Okay, so you see the display area, and then he walks out into the display area goes to the front door and is locking it, and here comes smoke Ooh, into the room, okay? But there was a guy up behind the place that saw it on fire, so he ran up there in time to see our friend, the owner, driving away, you see. Right. The back room's totally on fire. Hmm. But he forgot about the surveillance system. He did. Yeah. I think we worked one, too, didn't we? And we did, and then they'll say, oh, no, I was at such, such place at the time of the fire, but then you have them on video being right there, you know, so. Yeah, I can prove statistically that going to the lake, your house is going to burn. <laughs> 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 well, I, that's what But not in the summer. I mean, it, well, it depends on what time of the year it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Well, that's true, because, you see, I've, I've worked so many fires where I say, where were you at the time of the fire? And they say, I was at the lake, and I go, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so they weren't always at the lake, Alex. No. They weren't. Honest. I, I can prove that. Okay, so what about uh oh that and then well the people that do things on purpose. I got I got a quick story. This um this guy gets robbed. Okay. Okay in a, in a metropolitan area. He gets robbed and and the robber takes his shoes and takes his 
watch and takes his wallet and takes everything, okay? And he runs into this apartment house, this robber does. So our friend, uh, the victim, thinks that he that the guy lived there. So what does he do? He goes home, gets some gasoline, goes in, and he pours the pours the place. The victim is going the, after the suspect. The suspect, okay, who, right. by the way, doesn't live there, who ran out the back door. But we got that from witnesses that he saw this guy running out the back door. Anyway, long story short is something happened while he's pouring this gasoline and he gets trapped in it. I see, okay, and the vapors. And the vapors and he gets badly burned. And and um, anyway, through a lot of good police work, they um, they find him, they, they he has to go to, to the burn unit, needless to say, right? So they find out who did it, they got witnesses, they got everything they could do. So this poor, this, rot, this victim, this victim of the robbery is now an arsonist and kills a person in that, that apartment house. So when they arrest him. That is sad. That is sad, except he, both of his hands were burned off. This, this, and so things, what I'm trying to tell you is um, sometimes bad people get caught by their own and acts. That's right. And sometimes good people get do something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, most people who set fires are doing it either for a profit motive or um, a revenge or something like love, that. Love, hate, revenge. Yeah, love, hate, revenge, right. Quick story. Woman catches her husband being bad, okay, fooling around on her. She decides that she's going to set fire to his clothes. She does that. She puts him in his, pours gasoline on him, but she did it in the basement of their house. That wasn't too smart. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Now she doesn't. Now she's homeless. Now she's homeless. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and she doesn't have a husband. Oh well. And the husband is, wasn't affected by it at all. <laughs> Not, well, he was. I mean, it's a little tense about. Yeah, losing. he was homeless too. But yeah, you know. yeah, that, that makes it a little tense. But anyway, well, I want to thank you for being here, Mister. Well, um, I didn't contribute much, but. Uh, Thank you for asking me to come on. No, you're a good guy. Well, guess what we're going to have next week? We're going to have an attorney that has got a story about the, there was a strike of, of the fire department in uh, Kansas City, Missouri once upon okay, a time. there was. And he worked, uh, he, he's going to tell a story about that. But this guy is, is a, for the National Hockey League and formerly for Major League Baseball, he is an attorney. So we're going to talk a lot about Fire first, and then sports, yeah. and collect and collective bargaining, and and why why did why does the minor leagues only pay less than than uh, minimum wage? Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. But then that's professional baseball, I guess. I it is. It's, it's, <laughs> is that professional? Yes. Okay. So when you come back, ladies and gentlemen, please uh, come back for the sports show, Fire and Sports. That's going to be the name of it. Anyway, so when you come back, please come back to Speaking of Fire. Thank you for tuning into Speaking of Fire. Please join your hosts, Mike Schlattman and Donna Ingram, for another edition of our program next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember to be careful this week and every week.